Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. You are listening to the NFL show. Uh, my name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. And tonight, we've got a full house. We've got Alex, we've got Beck, and we've got Stacy. And we're all flying. We're coming off the back of what an exciting, uh, what an exciting opening weekend of NFL football. Uh, Alex, let's jump straight into it. Give us your favorite match now. Looking forward into week two. I mean, I'm kind of excited for all the matches just because everything kind of week one was just nuts. I think for me, I mean, I'm kind of excited to watch the Bears kind of bounce back, see how they bounce back with the Bengals. I think they're kind of evenly evenly matched maybe at some points on the field. So I would be interested to see, A, if Justin Fields starts because we all know that should be happening, and B, just to see how they bounce back from a loss. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's something to watch, that's for sure, Beck. Yeah, I mean, lots of things happened across the league, lots of shocks um, in terms of wins and losses. The most, the one that I'm looking forward to, I'd say, is the Bills-Dolphins. I think the Bills will be really disappointed um, with their loss against the Steelers and the way that they played. Um, giving up a lead in the fourth quarter is never a fun thing to do when you're leading the entire game. So I think that they'll be looking... Um, yeah, to come back and build on their offense and hopefully come away with the win week too. Yeah, not exactly the uh, start Josh Allen was kind of hoping for, coming in as the red-hot favorite uh, MVP. Uh, you know, it's only week one, but, uh, yeah, that was definitely disappointing. Uh, look, for me, I'm, my uh, week two matchup that I'm looking forward to is the Cowboys uh, and the LA Chargers. I think that's going to be quite an exciting uh, contest, I thought. Look, you know, there was a lot of question marks in and around Dak, you know, in and around his injuries. Um, I, I thought he held up pretty well and, um, you know, something that we often forget is that these these quarterbacks they do take that they do take a step quite often um, each and every year, and you can see that in Dak. You know, he's sort of on the trajectory of, of being a top line quarterback. So I think you know that's going to be quite interesting. But um, you know, they're not going to have it all their own way. This young Justin Herbert, he is something special. So yeah, look, I think that's going to be a bit of a blockbuster clash there. Stacey, what about yourself? Which which uh, game are you sort of most looking forward to coming into week two? Oh, look, I'm really looking forward to the Patriots and Jets. I mean, it's the NFL's most famous rivalry, right? You've got two rookie QBs from the same draft class looking to establish like a new kind of dynasty. So I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, Zach Wilson didn't play horribly uh, and Mac Jones played pretty well. So I think it's going to be a pretty even matchup, um, but I'm super excited for it. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment. And for our new listeners, we're going to be jumping into the breakdown. And each week we feature two key games. Uh, and this week we have some special matchups for you. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man. And we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> And Alex, in our first feature game, uh, we're going to be looking at the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to be coming up against the Philadelphia Eagles. And look, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. Both of these teams are coming in 1-0. and 100%, right? And kind of looking at these two games, you would kind of think that, you know, one is going to be favored or the other, but they both had really good week ones. But I think they both had week ones where 
there's stuff they really need to work on hundred percent. And there's stuff where they're just kind of soaring. And I think something for me with week, as far as week one goes for the 49ers, you know, we talk about the chiefs and we talk about Tampa and we talk about these receiving cores and the other teams, San Francisco very quietly have a pretty decent set of receivers and tight ends and people that can make catches. And not to mention Jimmy G. I mean, the guy was perfect. Like, uh, you know, moving the ball and connecting with his receivers. I mean, he had a first incompletion, which didn't happen until the final minute of the half. Like, the guy did everything the right way. And, uh, you know, he threw for 340 yards. Like, he's also one of those guys that gets the job done. And we got to throw in the fact that Trey Lance had a couple snaps too. I mean, talk about, you know, a vet leading the youngster, right? Jimmy G takes him all the way down. He goes, all right, buddy, it's your turn. Trey Lance steps in and goes get goes and gets a touchdown. And his completion rate, if you look at the stats, are 100%. He's one for one. So that's got to be a good way to start his, start his first game for sure. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward using both of these quarterbacks within the team, whether they're going to do this, you know, drive down the field with Garoppolo and then put Trey Lance in there to finish off the drive or even swap it around and have Trey Lance have a couple of drives down the field and carry the ball for a couple of runs, maybe a little read options or whatever. So it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward with those. You know, it was exciting for me was um, the rookie running back that they put in that Elijah Mitchell. He was a super surprise. Like he kind of came out of nowhere and kind of blew everything away, which is really good for their running back call for sure. Yeah. And speaking of that, let's jump into some of the injuries. I thought that was, you know, one of the biggest disappointments for the 49ers, despite the fact that they uh, they got the victory. Um, you know, you've got running back Raheem uh, Mozart on uh, injured reserve now for eight weeks and an ACL injury to cornerback Jason Verrett. I, I, you know, what we were speaking about prior to recording tonight is that, you know, are the 49ers cursed? You know, this is probably one of the most injury-rattled franchises uh, that we've seen in, in quite a long time. And it just makes their job, you know, really, really challenging, um, especially after, you know, just one game. Definitely. And there must be something in the water in San Francisco as far as football, as far as your football team goes, because year after year, you hear about injury to this player and it's, it's key players, right? Last year, Nick Bosa down, like that was gut wrenching as an Ohio state fan. as someone who just loves Nick Bosa and he's an absolute beast. I think what's tough is when you have so many injuries, you got to build it and come back. Right. And I think sometimes it's a little bit of struggle. I mean, Nick Bosa got one sack tonight, but, or one sack over the weekend, but he was a little quiet. Like you didn't really hear much from Nick Bosa and you, people were kind of expecting big things from him. But that's because too, they were, you know, managing without having him last year. But if you think about their defense overall, you know, they had that interception return for a touchdown, like their front six is beast and they're going to be able to give, you know, Hertz a run for their money for sure. hundred percent beast defense, right? They're seventh in rushing fourth in passing fifth overall, Right. They did lose two starting corners. So I think that was kind of key to see where if they were going to suffer at all, as far as their secondary goes and their secondary secondary didn't really suffer as far as I was concerned. Well, I don't know if they didn't suffer. I mean, they still let in like 38 points. Yeah. And let's have a look at uh, let's have a look at their opposition, because, you know, as if things didn't become more complicated when trying to analyze this game, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, who you know, come out and really surprise everyone with a comprehensive win. I guess the only disclaimer was that it come up against the Atlanta Falcons. And again, it's only week one, but my God, they look like they're in some trouble. 
So, so what do we what do we take away from this one? You know, uh, you know, did Philly surprise you guys uh, in terms of how they performed, or you know, can we sort of take nothing away from that because it was against Atlanta? Philly was definitely a surprise, and I was listening to an ESPN report on them last year, or, sorry, last week, and they were saying people are kind of sleeping on the Philadelphia Eagles. Tony right. Romo said that, yeah, and and you don't, you know, he's the Rain Man for sure. I mean, but I'm, I was impressed with Jalen Hurts overall. I mean, he's been the third quarterback in NFL history to complete his passes, throw for three-plus TDs with no interceptions, pass for over 250 yards, and rush for 65. Like, that's just impressive. doesn't matter who you're playing against. Yeah, I was going to say how impressed I was with Jalen Hurts. Like, he targeted seven different receivers throughout his game and had touchdowns to three different receivers as well. So he's spreading the ball and he's getting the ball to all his key players across the field, which not a lot of teams manage to do. They always pick that one receiver or they find that hot receiver, which is what the 49ers did, right? Like we look at Debut Samuel, who had, I think, nine receiving yards, sorry, nine catches throughout the game, which was more than 50% of Garoppolo's targets, where Hertz is spreading the ball and finding who's getting open. And that's what makes it that's what makes it challenging for a defense is you can't focus in on one player and you have to be constantly scanning the field. But at the same time, you know the power of the Eagles' offense really actually surprised me in their run game. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders actually had pretty decent, and uh, you know I feel like we need to add a shout out to Jordan Maylada for that massive contract extension. Um, being the Aussie boy repping starting left tackle. And for those of you that don't know, you know, he does play left tackle and it's the most important guy out there aside from the quarterback who protects against the blindside pressures, which is a quarterback that you want. You want to be protected. He's the best guy for the job. Um, otherwise, the quarterback doesn't last that long. And, you know, he's totally worth the $64 million. Yeah, no, he's definitely got a big future there. And I'm sure he's uh, very happy about his decision to uh, travel over there to America and play in the NFL because it's certainly, uh, yeah, he, he certainly uh, yeah, won the lotto there with a $60 million contract. That's unbelievable. All right, guys, well, let's try and predict this one. Um, a little bit of a messy game with, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, both teams could come out uh, on top in this one. But Alex, going to start with you. What's your prediction for this one, 49ers or Eagles? Um, I see this one going to overtime for sure. Um, and then I could definitely see it coming out to a field goal. I think they've both got similar areas where they need to improve. Eagles improved their secondary over the off over the off season. They revamped their O line. It looked good. However, they still had holes they need to plug. Same thing with 49ers. Secondary looked good, but they still got areas they need to plug. So for me, I see the Eagles taking this one from the 49ers, but only by three. Beck. Yeah, I'm with. With Alex, I think um, the Eagles are going to come out on top of this one. It's definitely going to be a close game. I think it's going to be um, a high passing game. I think there's going to be a lot of passes, a lot of receptions throughout this game. I don't know whether they're going to be receptions into the end zone or not. Um, we could see a couple of little rushes as well. But, yeah, I think the Eagles and Jalen Hurts are taking this one. Yeah, look, I was a little bit surprised uh, by by Philly, but I think the 49ers will get the job uh, done here, but there's one there's one little caveat, and that's George Kittle. You know, he needs to get more touches. You know, he only had four receptions in that game, which you know you're just wasting talent there. You know, he he's by far their their biggest threat. Debo Samuel, he was outstanding in that first game, but this is what the 49ers do. They have one guy flash one week, and then the next week he goes missing. So you know, I expect a big game out of Kittle, um, and if that's the case, I think they'll get the job done here. Um, Stacy, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm predicting a 49ers win. Um, especially if they utilize that two quarterback system with Jimmy G and Trey Lance. It's so hard to scheme defensively for two different types of quarterbacks. 
And with the 49ers past rush defense, the pressure is going to be on Hertz. Um, and they're going to be busy against Nick, Nick Bosa. But I'm going to go with Alex here and say that it's a tight scoreline since their secondary still let Jared Goff from Detroit throw for 338 yards. But Devontae Smith act like lived up to the hype for sure. But I'm curious to see how they're going to cover him, given that the their secondary hasn't been entirely strong. So I'm, I'm going within 3-2, but I'm, I'm going 49ers. Yep, definitely a game to watch out for on Game Pass. All right, guys, well, let's have a look at our second feature game in the breakdown, and that is the Detroit Lions uh, will be coming up against the Green Bay Packers. Alex, I, I guess it's the same sort of question as the last game, a little bit of a surprise when it comes to the record of both of these teams. I mean, Detroit, yeah, 0-1, but Green Bay Packers, what what happened there? I mean, as a Bears fan, I'm not too upset about it at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, if the Packers want to keep playing that way all season – Wait till they come to Soldier Field, and then we'll we'll take full advantage of that one. But yeah, that is not the MVP that we saw last year. No way is that Aaron Rodgers, who was first in points per game and had a rating of first. Right, that's why I was the MVP. He had thirty-one point eight points per game last year, and three points that they finished the game on, and they almost went the first half seventeen and zero. Good thing he got Crosby behind you because I don't know where your points would be coming from. <laughs> I tell you, there were so many angry people at Aaron Rodgers this week. Like when they woke up on Monday morning, uh, you know, one bet's thrown out the window, fantasy team's thrown out the window. Um, but what I found was he was just holding onto the ball for so long. And that's, un- that's unlike Rodgers. You know, usually he knows where his receivers are. And he can throw them open, no problem. Um, but I actually think that like a lot of the dysfunction that's happened in the off season has just impacted him more than I think most people realize, given the two different styles of press conferences with coach versus Aaron Rodgers, you know, two completely different versions of the game. Um, but is there more to be concerned about? Let's not forget that they had two rookie starting O-linemen in their centre and their right guard this week as well. So that could have definitely impacted the fact that Rodgers is holding onto the ball a little bit longer or waiting for things to open up or avoiding pressures um, with those two rookies. But still, I mean, the Packers' defence still failed to get any pressure to Jameis Winston, who, by the way, is benefiting from LASIK surgery for sure. I mean, the guy just had an amazing game. Who would have thought? Um but they can't afford to do that this game. You know, they have to get the pressure on. And the trenches is where it's going to get it, where it's going to get done. It's going to be the O-line and the D-line, you know, because if you can't get a running game, you know, here on first down, up and up and going, then you know, it leads to short drives on offense, which is no good unless you can score quickly, which leads the defense on the field for so much longer than they should be. I know they only had like, you know, one their highest possession on offense was like one minute. So they're gonna to have to improve that for sure. They need to set the tone. Well, defensively last year, they were seventh in yards per game, right? So they were fine on their secondary. Then in the pass rush, they were tied 10th in sacks. So, and and 28th in in press percentage. So they're not a bad defensive team. Have they built more on their offense? hundred percent. And I definitely think that they were missing um, David Bakhtari. I think that is a huge loss right now that he's out. And I think that is a huge one for Aaron Rodgers to lose. But this is the largest margin of defeat for Rodgers in his career as a starter. Yeah. Like, he was one for ten on third downs, two for three on fourth downs. Like, this is just not the Aaron Rodgers that we know. They couldn't, they couldn't get a first down, you know, and that's where they set the tone. Otherwise, they play and catch up the whole game. 
Yeah, I thought, you know, looking at the Packers, and, and we spoke a little bit about this earlier as well, is that, you know, this was one of those games where it wasn't just the fact that Rodgers played poorly. Every single player on the Packers team was poor, you know, defensively, on offense, every, every facet of their game was poor. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to definitely be a very busy week uh, for the coaching staff because I don't think anyone is going to escape, uh, you know, quite a lot of, uh, you know, backlash you know, when they go over their film because it was, it was definitely disappointing. All right, guys, well, let's just jump over to their opposition. Uh, you know, they're going to be coming up against the Detroit Lions and, you know, for Packers fans coming into the, the season, they would have seen this, uh, you know, week two, they would have had it circled as a win, but, you know, coming off that performance, maybe things aren't going to be as easy as that. Uh, what's our thoughts on Detroit? I thought Detroit battled. I thought their run game was really, really good. I thought Swift was really good. I thought Williams was really good. Reynolds but... really good. Who? The running back. You running back, Craig Reynolds? Yep, he was good. But I think the issue that I had with the Lions was their running game was so good, but their receiving – core was not great F- from a pass perspective they were not good and most of their yards came from their run Yanjay Swift 39 rush yards 65 one touchdown eight receptions and he had 11 rushing attempts like I-, I mean he was good today but when you look at the receiving end of it as well it was Swift and Williams again and then TJ Hawkinson thrown in there when they actually needed a receiver to catch but the wide receivers non-existent for the Lions I was going to say keep an eye out for TJ Hawkinson as well. I mean, he's kind of came out of nowhere and he's going to make a big impact and potentially get a score if anyone wants a solid punt. Yeah, and uh, Beck, one of the disappointing things that's come from this is that, you know, for Detroit, who, you know, is already a team that really struggles on defense. And again, you know, based on their week one, you know, things uh, haven't really uh, improved there, in particular their secondary. You know, they got burnt on a couple of monster plays, which has got to be alarming for Dan Campbell. But... You know, you compound that with a season-ending Achilles injury to uh, safety Jeff Okuda, and, uh, you know, the news just gets worse with Lions. Yeah, it's a massive loss for them. Like, when I was looking at the stats and making my notes for this week's episode, I was looking at the defense, and I was like, nothing and no one stands out to me. It's a very flat, unexciting defense. So it's kind of hard to say. Like, I mean, Tracy Walker, the safer had, safety, had a pretty good game. He made seven tackles and got a sack. But that's the highest you know, that's the best player that they have on their defense at the moment. And he's playing safety. So you're really going to want your D-line to step up and get some pressure into the backfield to help that safety out. And I think too, I mean, it didn't help having Goff, you know, just still trying to find his bearings. I mean, I I rate him pretty well as a quarterback when he's in a system that works for him. Um, And what I like is he's really mechanical at throwing like really short yardage plays. So they're going to try and get some points on the ball, utilizing some kind of like, uh, you know, those flat kind of drag routes or anything for a short yardage that floats into that linebacker corner space um, actually might get them some points on the board. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how Dean Campbell handles his first year in charge of the Lions as well. I think one of the things that come out of that first game was just how aggressive he was. I mean, it didn't pay off. He was only two from five on fourth down, but, um, you know, credit to him. If he sticks with it, um, hopefully he can, uh, you know, get some results there because he is going to need to score some points with Jared Goff because that defense, as we've spoken about, it's a little bit suspect. All right, guys, let's go around the grounds with our tips. Alex, start with you. Um, This is a tough one for me. I just want to put it out there. Last time the Packers scored these few amount of points was week 17 in 2018 against the Lions. That was the last time the Lions beat the Packers. 
So they kind of have some strength there in their running game. They don't have a lot of talent in their wide receiving core right now, apart from their tight end. I, I, I see this being a battle in the trenches for sure. But if Green Bay play the way they played last week one, the Lions are going to win it. But I see the Packers edging it out because I feel like Aaron Rodgers now has to come back and he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. Stacey, your tip? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Packers on this one because, like you said, Rodgers is dangerous when he's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, and he's hoping that he can turn it around. But, I mean, there was, there was things that uh, were successful in the week one game, for sure. I mean, Devontae Adams, you know, if he needs to – if he can – up his uh, his time with the ball, like it's going to be a no brainer. But I think it's going to be it's still going to be rough. Yeah, look, I, I think you know, for me personally, I think if you can't throw the ball well, which Rogers didn't, if you can't run the ball, which they didn't, I think AJ Dillon led them with 19 yards, which is just pathetic. Devontae Adams, for the amount of money and the high profile receiver he was, he had 56 yards. I think he needs to do better. So, look, I'm actually predicting an absolute. Um, bloodbath in this game. I, I think the Packers win this absolutely convincingly because they're going to need to. They're going to have to bounce back immediately. Otherwise, you know, this is going to be pretty concerning there for Green Bay. So I'm expecting a big a big performance here. Uh, what about yourself, Beck? Yeah, I totally agree. I think not just Aaron Rodgers, but the entire offense of the Packers are going to come out with a vengeance and have something to prove. They're not going to be happy with the way that they played and with their stats last week. And looking at the Lions' defense, I don't think they're going to match up. So, yeah, I'm picking the Packers this week. And and they're at home this weekend. And I think playing at Lambeau Field is going to be a huge difference for them. And I don't think they want the cheese wedges thrown at them while they're standing on the sidelines. So. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our final segment of the night, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we're going to finish out the round. But before we do, uh, we're just going to take a little bit of an opportunity to just quickly reflect on our underdog tips of the week last weekend. Alex, am I, am I reading this correct, that, that the group, we, we were 5-0? and oh. I mean, uh, not a bad start to the, to the year for us. No, pretty good start for the, for the, to the year for us, for sure. Um, Beck, keeping it close there with the Ravens Raiders, but uh, the rest of us were able to kind of pull out a clean, clean win for underdogs, 100%. Yeah, no, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, that's what the NFL is all about. It's quite volatile and anyone can win on the day. All right, Alex, take us through the first block of games. Okey-dokey. Giants, Washington. This one, I was going backwards and forwards and no, I think he's going to win this one. I think this one's going to be close. It's going to come down to the defenses for sure between Washington and the Giants. It's going to be one in the trenches. However, I think just far as defense goes, Chase Young, you can't really stop him sometimes. And I don't think that the O-line for the Giants can contain him. So I do see Washington pulling out that one, but it's going to be an interesting battle for sure. Um, Saints, Panthers. Look, New Orleans matches up better against the Panthers as far as their receiving core goes against the secondary. So if that's on fire like it was in week one, if, you know, they've had four consecutive wins versus the Panthers and they've won in the last couple, they've won by 21 points or more. Now that was with Drew Brees, but with Winston in, we're not really lacking any kind of talent as far as quarterback goes. So I see the the Saints taking an easy win there against the Panthers. Steelers, Raiders. See, this one, again, I struggle with because the Steelers had quite a few areas where it's going to come down to that battle. I think it's going to come down to Crosby and TJ Watt on who can get through that line the quickest 
and get to that quarterback because Crosby was great against the Ravens and he made an impact and TJ Watt is TJ Watt. But that being said, kind of coming off. um, Yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to be a battle again. I think we got a week two of battles, just grinding battles. Um, I see this is going to be my underdog for the week. So we'll see how it goes, but I tip the Raiders for this one and coming out just over the Steelers. I like it. Uh, Browns versus Texans. Look, I was pleasantly surprised by the Texans, but they were playing the Jags. So I'm not going to sit here and go, woo Texans, because it was still the Jaguars. So they're playing the Browns, who were defensively sound. They've got Nick Chubb back from the running game, and I don't think the Texans have the rush defense to be able to stop stop Nick Chubb. Yeah, they'll be fine, and I see the Browns taking out a win there. Jags, Broncos. I mean, the Broncos secondary is insane. It is sound. I do not see the Jags, especially with um, Trevor Lawrence kind of throwing three picks and having a really rough game. I don't see them bouncing back. The first and loss of his entire life. First his regular season life. loss. The first regular season loss, yeah. And uh, I think it's a wake-up call for him and Urban Meyer, so it's going to be see how they come back. But it's, it's the Jags at the end of the day. Their defense is not great. You've got an amazing secondary um in Kyle Fuller which makes me sad as a Bears fan that we had to let him go but he's an exceptional exceptional defender so I see the Broncos winning that one and is it all five yeah Panthers yeah that's all my games okay Alex now let's uh sorry well uh Stacey sorry let's uh jump into your block now yeah I've got um in Colton Rams I'm taking the Rams because um, Stafford really put up a really good performance against the Chargers this week. Um, and I think that they've got a, a long way um, of improvement to come after that. And Stafford, I haven't seen that dude that happy in, in his whole entire life. Um, and he's a, you know, he's such a fighter. And it's been actually good uh, to see the Rams finally having a little bit more success. But uh, yeah, I'm taking the Rams on that one. My underdog this week is going to be the Dolphins over the Bills. Because Tua is on, you know, he's on a, a solid track to being really awesome. And when we discussed the Dolphins earlier in uh, in another episode, you know, we said how the success of the Dolphins is going to be based on Tua. And week one showed that, you know, he can pretty much get it done. Um, you know, and their secondary is really good at the moment. And I think they could definitely get up, given how Josh Allen wasn't as productive as we all thought he was going to be in week one. Um, don't get me wrong, I think it's going to be tight. Um, but yeah, that's my underdog. And then I've got Jets Patriots and I have to take the Patriots on this one because it is that, that storied rivalry. Um, Mac Jones really had a really good game. He showed some pocket presence, which I really liked. Um, and it's going to be interesting to watch him coming up against Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, I love your optimism there with the uh, with the Patriots. All right, we'll jump through now to my block of games. Uh, and in the first one, I've got the Chicago Bears who... We've got a bit of a, a fanatic uh, supporter here on the podcast in Alex. They come up against the Cincinnati Bengals and a little bit of surprise with the Bengals uh, getting the win there over the Vikings last week, but um, they find themselves uh, yeah, up up, up uh, yeah, by one game. But for me, look, this is going to be my underdog tip of the week. I think the Bears, they'll come into this game just as underdogs um, coming into this one. But the reason for my tip is I'm hoping, just like all of Chicago and Alex, is that one Justin Fields gets a couple more touches to help them sort of get the job done here because 
Um, you know, if, if, if this game is predominantly uh, led by Andy Dalton, then, you know, things could get a little bit sketchy going up against the firepower in Joe Burrows. But, um, yeah, that's my t- uh, underdog tip of the week. Uh, if we move through to the next game now, we've got the, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're coming up against the Atlanta Falcons. For me, this is a classic example of one of, if not the best team uh, in the NFL, coming up against the worst team. This will be an absolute massacre. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, th- you know, in terms of how the margin in which they're going to win this game, that's all going to be dependent on uh, Tampa as to whether they show Atlanta any sort of mercy. I think the one thing to watch in this game, though, is Atlanta's offense. They do have some big weapons there, um, and they're going to be down very, very quickly. So the likes of uh, Matt Ryan... Um, We want to see a little bit more production out of this new flashy tight end, Kyle Pitts. I think um, that's going to be one to watch. But, yeah, uh, Tampa Bay will win that one convincingly. And if we have a look at the next game, the Arizona Arizona Cardinals coming up up against the Minnesota Vikings. The Cards were my most impressive team uh, from the opening week. I thought they were outstanding on both sides of the ball. And Kyler Murray, I, I think what's surprising about Kyler and something that we've forgotten about is he played at, at quite a, an amazing level at the start of last season before he sort of got worn down and had a few injuries. So if we take that bit of work out, uh, and, and, and based on his start last week, he, he, is, um, he is something very special. Don't get me wrong, we need to get him a booster seat. He's only a little fella, but he is absolutely dynamic. So I see him um, yeah, tearing apart the Minnesota Vikings, who yeah, they, they've, got, they've got a few drafts ahead of them to, to rebuild uh, that franchise. I think they have some, some big challenges there. Shout out, too, to Chandler Jones. I mean, the guy was an absolute beast this week. Five sacks, two forced fumbles. I mean, we've spoken about Chandler Jones before as one of those elite pass rushers, but, man, he had a day. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun seeing him come up against Tom Brady. And, uh, yeah, look, what, what, a time, what a time to do it, you know, when, you, uh, when you're in the middle of a contract negotiation. So he is about to get himself paid. Um, yeah, great performance. Okay, Beck finishes off your blocker games. Yeah, three games I have, starting off with the Seahawks versus Titans. I mean, this is a no-brainer for me. I'm always going to back my Hawks no matter what, who they're up against. It's just who I am. But I also think that they're actually going to win this one. I think our defense played really well this week. I think we, um, you know, managed to stop the run and get into the backfield a little bit. So I think against the Titans, if we can do that with Derrick Henry, put some pressure in the backfield on um, Tannehill, we'll take the win. Um Next one is Chargers Cowboys. This is going to be my underdog for the week. Um, I'm going to back the Chargers. Um, I just, as as well as Dak played in his week one and come out and impressed us all, I was a little bit disappointed with Ezekiel Elliott's workload and his ability to, you know, get the ball down the field. So I'm hoping, not hoping, I know that the Chargers are going to um, are going to take this one from the Cowboys just with their offense, their um Receiving cohort, I think, is going to get something big gone. And last is the Ravens and the Chiefs. I think this is kind of a no-brainer. I think the Chiefs are going to take this one. Even after today? Yeah, even after today because, you know, Ravens were the favourites going into this game against the Raiders and it went into overtime and then, you know, the intercept and then the fumble and then, you know, that, you know, broken defence. They just didn't see the pass coming. Like, yeah, I think the Chiefs are just too good for the Ravens to be able to cover that kind of stuff. I just don't think the Ravens have it in them yet. 
All right, guys, and that's all the time we have tonight. So I just wanted to thank my amazing panel, as always, bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed uh, tonight's episode. Uh, if you did, please download the show. Download, 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 and please uh, yeah, share with uh, family, friends. That really helps us here at the Sports Network. And please find us on social media. We're available on all platforms. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.